The views expressed in this presentation are those of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of any lodge, grand lodge, appended body, or any other person or persons whomsoever. I think that's it that Marty talked me into. The greatest story of how you got interested in masonry. Had a bottle or two bottles, beer, whatever you want. The 33rd degree is really cool. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to say was lapel or, or salmon's coin. You need to do this reduction plan of like what's what's really important. It's nice. The you know, grotto's more yeah. family oriented it is, it too, is more, so that that helps oriented. for sure. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. Right, love you. That refresher Masonic universe. I always want to get one of these, and I, I don't ever want to actually buy one. Howlett's been doing a series every month they release a new card as a ring. Dude, what is that? What? Did you just do a hard reset? Did you do another one? Here's the truth, I'm AI. <laughs> feeling all right? Do I need, do I, am I, if I give, give you mouth to mouth, I'm putting my Oh, it's fine, buddy. It's another thing. It's gotta be worth it. Okay. All right. But, uh... <laughs> Damn it! Come on, don't do that. Oh, come on. It's not gonna be on. To... Yeah, it will. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Whatever we're doing, take one. In five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the At Refreshment Masonic Video Podcast. I'm your host, once again, Wesley Reuter, past master of Azure LaGrange Lodge number 770 and Raven Lodge number 303 in Bolton, Illinois. Let's meet everyone else for the umpteenth time we have. Eric, I'm here. Uh, Villa Park Lodge 1113. You are here. You are here. I'm here. Uh, Marty, past master of Villa Park Masonic Lodge, and as a most recently, first vice president of the Illinois State Grout Association. Woo! I know. Big man on campus. Yeah. On our guest today, we have to my right. Brock. Hi, this is Steven. I am recently raised as of 2022 in Villa Park Lodge 1113. All right. Thanks for coming on the show, Eric. Appreciate it. Jerry. <laughs> yeah, Chip's a good guy. <laughs> Chip, yeah. So, um, Marty, this is your gig today. Ooh. Take us into the promised land. So, the more and more the time goes on, I spend more time self-reflecting and thinking about the finer points of everything. And today, I really wanted to touch on what surprised all of us the most about becoming immersed in masonry. Because we had an idea, probably even a preconceived notion of what we'd go through, but what was the one thing that we experienced, took from it, saw a change in ourselves that we wouldn't have planned on the first time? I don't know if we planned on it. One, I think that's a... One night a month is not one night a month. It meant one night at home. <laughs> it's the biggest lie that yeah. told, one night a month. <laughs> so for uh, the new guy, um, Jerry, or Eric, or it's whatever. Steve. It's Steve. So, Steve, for real, what has been your biggest surprise? You're the new guy here. You know, it, we've been through it too many times, so. Well, certainly the biggest surprise I'd have to say I've come across is it was nothing like I expected. 
okay, that's interesting. <laughs> you see so many. Whoa, whoa, wait, what did you expect? Oh, great question. So um, what I expected was host. something very. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the great questions, folks. It was something very best, traditional best and old school. But what I ended up finding really drew on the options were limitless, right? Whether you wanted to do charity, you could find yourself in a place to do charity. Or if you wanted history, you could find yourself to, to appreciate the history of masonry. There was just a limitless amount of options. And I had this notion, as we talked about preconceived notions, Marty, that it was just literal. It was by the book, the book that doesn't exist, of course. We all memorize it as much as possible. These ideas from history that would never waver and never change. And they are unwavering, but they are also new age. They are coming of age. Well, I was trying and that's to adapt. the thing, right? So masonry, it, nothing exists that hasn't evolved over time, right? Nothing does exist. Nothing you exists. Are right. The cake is a lie. <laughs> um, but no, well, if you think about it, like, you, you're... you're thought process was of something of an old school nature, right? You're, you're thinking it's mm -hmm. all one thing and mm -hmm. it's changed, but that's because masonry has changed. You know, the younger and younger people come in, things change. We come up with better or newer ideas or something, you know, some new way to, um, you know, some way to new gain a new charity or some way to do a new uh, fundraiser. Yeah. We used to make pancakes by scratch. Now we just use quick mix. Oh, jeez. That's how much it's changed. No, but he's right. This game is, there's a lot more evolution and ever changingness in masonry than you probably would give it credit for on the surface. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, okay, I'm a, we're both been in about, what, 10 years? Are you, are you yeah. past? Okay, cool. How much stuff has changed in those 10 years? A lot. I don't know. I'm not sure. I've, maybe my foot has been in the water just too much. Just, I don't know, man. I feel seems like the same to me. The organization I walked I walked into ten years ago seems different now, in a, in a good way. Well, it's becoming a younger game, right? It, oh, yes, the average age of an Illinois Mason is what in the seventies? No, in the sixties. Uh, average average oh, oh, current Mason or a new Mason? Current Mason or the the, the average age two years oh. ago. I think it was in the 60s. In the right. 60s. And the average age of a new Mason nowadays. 20-something. Right. So there's a newer generation coming into masonry. Is it really? Yeah. yeah there's a newer generation coming into masonry. 33. I'm, I, I joined late. I'm 39. 38. I don't remember my age. Um, but if you look at it, right? It's, <laughs> we don't let you tell you. Wait, the younger game. What? Hey, I don't remember my age. It's okay. All right. Uh, whatever. I just turned 38. Uh, when I became a Mason, I was 36. Right? But if you look at it, like... But, I thought you were still 36, I, and so that's mentally, why... Mentally, I'm three. Um, but if you look at it, right, the younger and younger game that's coming in, right, eventually things change because the elders or the older generation is going to be gone. Eventually. It happens. It's part of life. Memento mori, right? We all... When did you stumble upon this information? Right? We all die. Everyone has to. I yes. Except for Wes. He lives forever. No, not everyone. Don't lie. It's not Wes. It's Marty. He's AI. Marty is AI. He doesn't exist. Um, what about Enoch? Well, just go. Never mind. Right. But if you look at it, like the younger and younger Masons that are coming in, they're taking the lodge positions. They're uh, as they should. As hey, they should. Junior you know, steward, right? Junior deacon. You know, and we're working our way into the line. But as we get into when I take the east. My game plan is not going to be the same as somebody who's been in the East three or four times. No. He's going to take the East. 
I'm going to take it. <laughs> He's going to take it home with him. Yeah, yeah, for a night. Well, speaking of the younger age generation coming in, you've got to think that's a good thing. And that's kind of alluding to what I started with by saying it is still unwavering while still adapting. And I think there's something to be said about the nature of being continuingly relevant in an ever-changing world. That Ooh. only happens with youth, with the new blood. So that's why I'm grateful to be here because I can always appreciate the old while still be the new and become the new. Right. Uh, you, Freemasonry has to reinvent itself for every generation. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. it's you know the same old pancake breakfast, you know, new Bisquick, whatever. I know I'm being a smart ass, but maybe mm-hmm. it's just a little different take on it instead of uh, just going out for dinners. Now, the new thing is cigar smokers. I don't, well, to me, it, it's new because when I first came in, there wasn't a lot of cigars. Well, everyone smokes cigars now. Yeah. But now, everyone smokes cigars. Is it, I, everyone smokes cigars. I right? don't. Everyone smokes <laughs> cigars. cigars. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> so growing up, I was part of two different troops. My older brother was in a troop out of Berwyn, and I was in a troop out of. Berkeley Hillside. Just to be clear, you're talking about scouting? Yeah, scouting. Now, uh, religiously, every year, one of the big things my family always attended was the Berwyn Pancake Breakfast. Mm. They always did the same thing. as pancakes, unlimited pancakes. You got two sausages to start. That was all you got, right? (laughs) We went this year. (laughs) You want an extra sausage, that costs you a ticket. It it would cost (laughs) you an extra ticket, right? (laughs) I look at it this way. My family attended that same pancake breakfast for the same troop. This year... There was pancakes. There was potato pancakes. But they had there was sausage. There was bacon. There was eggs. There was all types of things there, right? But if you look at it, like, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, that event will die out. It has to be reinvented. Give it a new luster, a new shine to bring people in. Schnapps. I'll help. Schnapps <laughs> will help. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe that's what masonry needs is that new fresh take on it to just give it that little luster that little shine to entice more people to come in yeah i'm sorry not schnapps fireball you know what's actually we're kind of touching on that i i feel gets more and more relevant when we kind of go outside of our lodge we're like hey we're going to go to this outing at this restaurant we're going to set up and then you talk to the staff and they're like oh we figured all of you guys would be like these hundred year old people just kind of yeah and you get a, a group full of young vibrant young people I mean, last night... We're not getting young anymore. Uh, I'm getting <laughs> older, but... We're not the young guys anymore. No, we're, we're actually the old-timers now. Yeah. But... okay, let has got to pick yeah. up the mantle there. So, okay, yeah. last night we were at the Grotto Comedy outing. Yep. A fantastic outing. Great outing. And that's, I don't know when this episode's going to come out, but you can probably look at Facebook and figure out when that happened. So, but that was, like, the thing. A lot of the comics, like, kind of, like, had some predetermined material. For like a very different situation than when you're in this They room. looked at the crowd. They were like, I don't know what to do here. Because they yeah. looked up Masonry and they're like, oh, yeah, it's just a bunch of old guys. And this is a crowd of like 20 and 30-something-year-old people. Very multicultural, very, you know, everything. There's there's a lot of different stuff happening. And you kind of saw how it like threw them off. And it, it was just interesting in that moment when you're like looking at that and you're like, man, I'm watching this whole thing evolutionize past where everyone thought it was all at once. That's super cool. Hmm. It's pretty interesting. It's great. That's great. You know what's changed for me from my pre like from what I thought masonry was when I first joined, right? Um, I didn't see the amount of brotherhood in the background. I didn't see the the widespread effect of how big this organization is. The moment I was raised as a master mason, 
I found out like a quarter of the contractors that I've been dealing with for years because I, I, you know, I work at Menards, no big deal. But I work with contractors, and these contractors out of the woodworks, I start seeing Masonic rings. Oh yeah. I start seeing, you know, the uh, a pendant, something small, something, you know, but not knowing like how big that brotherhood really extends, mm -hmm. really kind of took me off guard. You know, it's another interesting point to add on to that, Eric, is it's not just the scope of how many brothers there are, but it's the scope of the brotherhood even between just two individuals. That's one thing that absolutely surprised me. I thought, sure, we're going to enjoy the same fraternal you know, friendship that we grow over the years, but then I very quickly realized that it ends up falling on this individual heart-to-heart -heart ability to create whatever it is you want. And often, yes, that does, you know, turn out to be charity or local community events I mean, or great bell ringing. It is. It grows into so much more so quickly on top of that because of that shared and equal understanding of the bigger picture. Yeah, I'm trying to think what what surprised me the most. I, I guess maybe what hasn't surprised me. Because I didn't know what to expect when I joined this. I really had no idea. So I didn't have any expectations other than, you know, what the History Channel showed me what was going to go on in degrees. Other than that, I didn't have expectations or, you know, even the slightest inclination what goes on in Masonic Lodge. Yeah. So I'm like racking my brain as, you know, everybody's saying this. I, I really don't. I mean, I don't know. I... <laughs> I have no idea. What I like the most is the brotherhood and how, like, like you said, or we were saying earlier, you have to reinvent yourself. You know, we're all living stones, right? And we assume a temple. Well, we all think of Solomon's temple, this square place. But you don't have to build your temple that way. You can build it however you want and however you want to shape those blocks. So for me, without knowing what to expect, I didn't already have this preconceived notion, some sort of blueprint to put together. So. Yeah. No, I, I can agree with that. Uh, not knowing a thing about Freemasonry, you know, other than that there's a bunch of guys getting together, enjoying a fraternal aspect, right? Doing old people stuff? Uh, <laughs> eating hashed over crockpot food, right? <laughs> um, my first experience among F Masons was a cigar event. Uh, Chris Nygren took me to a cigar social, uh, which is where I met Mark Victoria. Oh, that was uh, one of the Keystone ones. Uh, it was at a it was at a cigar lounge in Schaumburg area. Oh yes, yeah. that one you're talking about. Yeah. The one over there by the mall. They were doing those unofficial meetups over there. Right, right. So now it's been two years now, almost for me being raised as a mason. It's been two years since I started coming around. I can honestly say I've made more friendships, deep rooted lasting friendships through masonry than I have in my 38 years on this earth in the you're last here. two years. You're here to that. Cheers to that. I am. Cheers. Cheers. And, and it's, it's one of those odd things, you know, um, when I first started my relationship with my lovely Cassandra, I would have had a completely different set of people that would stand up at my wedding, stood up at my wedding. And now... Of the seven people, because I have to have seven people, because she yeah. wants a large I like, party. I like he he comes over during during one of my six, flare ups, like one of the worst days of my life. Like, six hey man, I know you're having a day and you can't walk. Here, take my dog out. And by the way, you're not in my 
wedding party anymore, you bastard. So, of, of the seven people, right, five of them are brothers, right? One of them is in my actual blood relative who Wes was replaced with. And the other it's person is a 20-year friendship that I've had that is probably one of the only friendships I've had that lasted 20 years besides Chris Nigard, who's a brother. Everybody, almost everybody in my wedding party is somebody I've met within the last two years who have made such a lasting and important impression on my life and have been there for the times I've needed them and I will definitely be there for them, except for Wes. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's that quick and long-lasting bond that you can create because we are all men of a similar mentality, right? To be honest, like a lodge is full yeah. of alpha males. We're all alpha males. It's A-type all day. It's an A-type all day. But we all have the same mentality that we are all doing this for the good of masonry. It's not my show. It's not your show. It is the lodge's show, and what is good for the lodge. But when you do is it for, for yourself brother. too, you're also doing it for the good of masonry. Right. You know, the, well, we build ourselves. It depends to build. on how you go about yeah. it. I mean, but you, you, you want everyone else to have fun. You want or people to have a good time or to appreciate the event, the event, whatever right. it is you put together. So, as the individual, you put something together that you would like. I mean, we all do it. Yeah. We and do this if it's show. a hit, great. If it's not, okay, back to the drawing board. So that's actually a really interesting point there because when we talk about one of the things that surprised me most is I truly thought that I was going to lose myself when I joined Masonry because it was all about the greater good of Masonry. And little did I find out that even though that is fully true, I also receive that same equal fulfillment back. And it's helped me become a better person. And it has helped me become a much more well-balanced, even-minded, strong individual that can do good in and out. You are the temple. Who is this guy? He's level-headed. He doesn't belong on this show. I know. Uh, just give me one or two more of these. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's it's perfect. Tea. It's, Nobody's perfect. It's, he's not drinking. It's iced tea. Yeah, We're at a bar. I have rosacea. We're at a bar. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, that's heavy. I would say the one thing, though, and that I've been reflecting, where have these 10 years brought me? And the one thing, because a lot of parts of masonry, I was participating in a micro Brought level. you all over the damn state, that's for sure. That's He's true. He's also even eating testicles. I was at a wild game feed the other day for the Royal Arch oh, Mason Chairman. you have to join oh, masonry to do that? Wait, wait, yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk about my testicles later. <laughs> yeah. But they were delicious. Thank you, Tim Weiss. You have loved that yummy matter. balls. But... <laughs> no, the one thing that I've learned that I've actually been adopting more is just an empathy. Empathy is mm -hmm. the one thing that I've picked up. Because before I was a Freemason, I would do Toys for Tots benefits at bars and stuff like that. Mm. So I, I had the charitable. I've always tried to read as many interesting ideas as I can get my hands on. So I've already been dabbling in the esoteric. It's not quite the same, but I was always part of some obscure music scenes that kind of were like a brotherhood. Mm -hmm. So that was always kind of there. So I was like tentacle concerts and like stuff that. like that. Uh, clown people in the woods. But either way, so a lot of this, a lot of the tenants of karma, or however you want to say it, I was already participating to a certain degree. The mm -hmm. one main takeaway I've realized that I've had has been empathy and a deep appreciation for how males interact with other males. Sounds nuts, right? Males in their natural habitat. No, a little bit. So this is going to kind of... No, I, and I got to go back to my youth to even explain what I'm getting to. 
The youth. The youths. One of my first memories, my father was uh, sat down and explained to me, and he said, men will only understand men problems. Women don't care. <laughs> it sounds so horrible. The I, I, I'm it. just waiting for the, I jammed my thumb right up. It's a little early for the Marty moment. <laughs> no, I know. But, no, no, but he was like, he was talking about a time that it was, it was like a family thing where my mom's uncle was having some hard times. So my dad gave him a few hundred bucks. And my mom quite didn't get it. He, you know, and he's like, and she wouldn't because she's because men only understand men problems and men sympathize with other men differently than the rest of the world. And so, you know, he ended up giving him a few hundred more bucks and just never told her about it. But I, you know, I kind of remember that from an age. And I, there's a Chris Rock um, concert, you know, comedy thing he does, and he actually mentions the fact that there's only the only people in this world that are guaranteed love are babies and women. Men have to do something to earn love. And I guess I've always felt that there's some truth to that because I do believe in still providing and more of the standard cliches of the last million years, not the current last two where the world's gone crazy. But I've seen a kindness. When you talk to someone, you know is facing a similar struggle. And that's really where a lot of my empathy and all this has kind of come from, how I want to deal with people. And there's a certain time you meet, you might meet someone who has an abrasive personality. Or you might be like, oh, wow, wow, this guy's on a whole other level. But then after a while, you realize he's just another dude like you just trying to do his best work and hustling, doing his thing. And you start getting, even though he aggravates you, you start developing a softness to dealing with them. And I've just really have noticed through masonry, I've be, I've, empathy has gone through the roof on a lot of different instances. And that's really, I never wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to become a much more kinder, like, oh, everyone's beautiful type person. But that's kind of really where I'm ending up, and I think it's a good thing. You heard it here first, folks. Marty's well, a hippie. I have kind of went backwards. I mean, being a, I just feel. Never mind. Every time, every time, every time I turn into more of a hippie, you turn into more of a dictator. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just it doesn't matter. Anyways, we're gonna have to take a break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And I still can't remember the name of this episode, so... <laughs> Steve. No, well, that's the... He's the new I'm guy. I'm the name of the episode? Steve. <laughs> Steve. We'll call it Steve. No, we're talking about what surprised us most. And my last thing I was kind of growing is I never thought I would develop the empathy and care that I've developed dealing with people. Oh, yeah, that's right. You care about people. I do, deeply. It's an emotional intelligence is it, what it is. You know, that might be a really super cool way to put it. And it's just, I don't know. It's like, we're all just here, and we're very supportive of each other. And I don't want to make it to be something like it's some like weird hippie commune. We're all crying on each other's shoulders about our problem stuff. But realistically... We might get more attendance at a stated meeting. 
<laughs> yeah, we allowed crying in Freemasonry. Um, but no, it just it, it's a supportive place where I feel supported, and uh, I support others. I, I guess I, I just never thought Freemasonry would soften the edges of who I am as a person and just make me kinder. But that's really what it's ended up with. And a lot of times when I am kind of going into like a psycho headspace or being less than amazing, I kind of need to remind yourself of those obligations. And you really do need to be kind and understanding to people, especially a brother. Do you need to be kind and understanding? No. In fact, I was probably too nice. And I needed to, I came into it thinking I was coming into something rigid and old school. I'm not going to lie. I was worried about Steve when he came in. It's like the third time <laughs> you've said that. Steve, you have a kind demeanor. You you have a demeanor that when you came in, it was you were lost. You you didn't mm-hmm. know what to portray. Yeah, which is almost refreshing because not knowing what to portray and trying to put forth your best your best self, right? But at the same time, without knowing the direction you're trying to go, and just kind of like. Which way do I try and impress these guys to get them to? I don't know which way do accept, I go. Except me for me. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like we were accepting of you when you petitioned, right? Right. You you were already. If we're meeting down to sit with you, right? There's already interest in having you as part of the lodge. You know. He already joined. He ain't got to kiss his anymore. No, no. But no, I'm saying in general, right? You get a lot of guys who. When you when you, when you get to the investigation, right? These guys have been around. They've been at meetings. They've come to meet the guys. At that point, right? If we're meeting with you to investigate you, more than likely, you're already well accepted into oh, the yeah, into the community of. We've people had that to we spend are. a handful of times with you, a handful of days before we even consider mm-hmm. giving you a petition. Um, because the worst thing you do is start something with the wrong guy, and then he falls off, and you mark him as inactive. It's just a waste of time for everybody. Did they give you a petition right away? No, right away. No. How long did it take? Three months. Three, about three months. Yeah, okay, okay, three meetings. Okay. He was okay. coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have regularly meet with the guys, general, having dinner with us. And mm-hmm. Our yeah, general rule of thumb us. at Villa Park is we have to meet and hang out with you three times before we'd give you a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, let me ask you this: Were you offended when you first came in and you weren't given a petition? Not at all, and and I guess that has a lot to do with trying to keep my mind as open as uh, as I could. Plus, I was just plain and simple. To actually Eric's point, I was a blank slate. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to show up, stand tall, shake somebody's hand, and just listen and hear what there is to say and be as good of a person as I can you be. Were, you, 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 you were through the Grand Lodge website, right? I did, yes. Okay, then that came to me, then I distributed to the Lodge. That's what we, that's what we found you. Mm-hmm. But in general, right, if you look at it, like, we're meeting with these guys over and over. You get a good judge of character. Relatively you know, quick listening. You know within the first five minutes that you like somebody, no, 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 whether no, it's a no, date it's or somebody that. you're it's just not, talking it's to. It's not all that, right? You know. It, you get a general sense and a feeling for how somebody is by how they portray themselves. If they have confidence, if they're already you know, portraying themselves on their best. If somebody comes in and they're slovenly dressed, they're slumped over, they're not talkative, they're how not communicating. Huh? Just kidding. <laughs> Risky business. How did you get in? Oh, money. <laughs> um, no. It, but if you think about it, it's like you you get a good sense of how somebody feels and portrays himself when they're trying to put their best self effort forward. If somebody comes in and they're not trying to put themselves forward and give a good impression, what are they really going to do for the lodge, right? I don't know. Sometimes you need those quiet guys that will do some sort of Masonic research. 
and that's all they'll do. True. My dad always used to say, sometimes you just got to show up, shut up, and work, right? But in, in an interview sense, right? So in a job interview, if I ever go into a job interview again, which will probably be in the near future, um, when you're interviewing somebody, right, you're not just interviewing somebody. They're also kind of interviewing you. If you're mm-hmm. going for a job, I'm also feeling out how this is going to benefit me, but that company is also going to see how you're going to benefit them, Right. Same effort goes into raising guys in a lodge. We're trying to see who's going to be the best fit for us. Not every lodge has the same dynamic. Not every lodge has the same feel. This may not have been the right lodge for Steve. He'll get the feeling himself and understand, you know, there's other lodges that have a different feeling or a different idea. Okay, if you would have came in and on that third day, third meeting, like, here's a petition. You're like, I still want to join. But this isn't really working out for me here. Would you have gone somewhere else? No, because of the whole fact of being clean slate. I didn't know enough to know what else was out there. And for what it's worth, Marty, you are the real reason that I did decide. Just like Eric was just saying, I'm interviewing right back. I absolutely was. And had it been as old school, tie-tied, so tight that my head is choking... I probably not would have come back. So, Marty, so you're... So how do you tell a guy like that, hey, you're good for the fraternity, but this place here is probably not the best fit for you? Oh, God, Because we, we've talked about doing this yeah. uh, right. as a show before, but since you brought it up, this is this is perfect. Well, you know, how do you tell that guy, hey, you belong here, but maybe not just at this I location? I think instead of telling them that they wouldn't belong here, I would ask them, do they feel comfortable oh, here? You know, I'm saying that. I'm, no, gonna no, jump I'm being on honest. This like, one. If, if, if I'm sensing that a guy is a good, upright, standing guy, right? He's a good, decent, hardworking person. He's got that good Masonic feeling you get when you meet somebody who's... He's got that good Masonic feeling. He's got that good feeling, good feeling right? It's like a but if, he doesn't feel like, if it doesn't feel like he's comfortable here... I may ask that candidate or person who's going to petition, do you feel comfortable here? What are you looking for in masonry? And are you feeling like you're going to get it here? And to piggyback off of that, and I hate to interrupt here. Because we know we no, know. Just interrupt. From us. I'm sorry. Yeah, but no, seriously, to piggyback off of that, we just did a degree for another lodge. And what I realized when we did that was that it brought us closer to that lodge yeah. over that person. But that lodge has a different feeling. No, 100%. To my point exactly, that's a good thing that we should be coming together, especially when we have different feelings, right? Don't let diversity between lodges spread us apart. Allow that to kind of bring us closer together so that if you did see, you know what, this guy doesn't necessarily fit perfectly with our lodge, but we know one, two, three other lodges, and I think two of the three of them might actually be a good fit. Maybe you could drive them to that other lodge, help them introduce, make that introduction for them. Yeah, what happens if you're a mustard lodge and this guy's like great poupon? You know, well, no. What, what, what well, do you do? Wes, you know, we know do you, you poop on everything. It's yeah. okay. Easy. You put him on a ham sandwich at another lodge. I don't know, but you got no, but that's also another thing why if you're gonna be working with the new guys coming in or talking to people, even being representative of your lodge, you also need to know who's around you and what lodge feel they have. Mm-hmm. So you can even have that conversation. So let's continue to drive connectivity between other lodges. Maybe that's something we ought to be doing more across the board. 
everybody could stand to benefit from seeing how things are done, the way they're connecting, whether it's the fraternity that we have, the fraternity that they have, or maybe community events that we can do together that only scale bigger the more we come together. Steve for Grandmaster. No, come on. Uh, not here. Joe Skirt for Grotto. My name's Jerry, by the way. <laughs> That's the skull. It's Joe, Steve. Joe it's Skirt. Steve. They've been calling oh, me Kilt. <laughs> Joe Malatia with his whole affordablekilts.com. Oh, yeah. Joe, because I said it on a podcast, I'm going to need some of that money. <laughs> Jackson College. Jackson's, Jackson's yeah. College Fund. Yeah. Um, oh, but if, if you think about it, like, yes, there are different lodges. Every lodge has a different feeling. There's a different group of guys and there's a different dynamic for every for every group. You know, I I personally have never been to Azerley Grange Lodge. I don't know how the feeling is there. If they're more ritualistic, are they really heavy on the ritual? Are they really heavy on camaraderie? Are they really heavy on you know Villa Park Lodge right now camaraderie. Yeah. Villa Park Lodge, we're huge on camaraderie. Right? We we do take the time to practice our ritual and, and get to be oh, yeah. ritualists. But for the most part, the feeling at Villa Park is it's a big group of guys that get along well, and we have that similar emotional mentality. right? And still come together at the end of the day for any kind of charity, any kind of ritual, any kind of yeah. degree, educational, it, it, still come together for all of that. It's a huge feeling, but I've seen guys come in and leave. And you know, sometimes knows, it's not maybe, what they expect. It's maybe it's the fraternity that's not what they expect, or maybe it was Villa Park was what, what they expected, and maybe they needed a direction in a different lodge. Guys so, come in for different reasons, guys leave for a different reason. And this falls right back on Marty being empathetic. Maybe they just got a bigger picture in mind. Maybe it's a stepping stone to get to the appendant body and things like that. You know, maybe. that's a big surprise when we talk about surprises. I didn't know that there was as much extra out there outside of Blue Lodge as there really is. <laughs> almost oh, too yeah. much. Oh yeah, really almost too much. It's completely uh, different. Universe. And I'm like knee deep in a bunch of those. I was actually thinking to myself, like, what if we just made all this go away and all this energy I spread in random spots could all go to one thing? That's, I, don't, I don't know. That will never happen. No, I know. Well, never that's where happened. I'm at right now. I'm sticking with Blue Lodge no, until I'm good it. and ready. Yeah, no, you're, you're fine. And you know what? I I told myself I was going to do that. Seven years. Yeah, I told myself I was going to do that. <laughs> Sorry, and Marty, then, Marty's like, here's a charter. And then, <laughs> yeah, here's a charter, here's a petition, here's a petition. I've chartered, like, a couple things. Yeah, you were going to say one or two. <laughs> yeah. But in, in general, right, like, I, I've i taken kind of a step back from some of those appended bodies. Yeah. Right? you got a lot going on right now. i got a lot okay. going on in life. And to be fair to my own self and my future wife, I'm taking a step back to make sure that I have my priorities set and straight before I move into getting more stuff on my plate. Of course. Right? I I love the grotto. I Grotto's love the Keystone Chapter. Keystone Rocks. Keystone is awesome. I absolutely loved going to High 12, but in the grand scheme of things right now, it's just not fitting in my schedule. That's fair. But it, I can still go to Blue Lodge, and I can still show up in any of those appendant bodies that I'm part of at any time and still have that same feeling as the first time I went in. Which is beautiful. And even like, you know, your best friend before Lodge and in Lodge, you know, Chris, he's kind of doing, he went to kind of the exact little different opposite of you. He's like, hey, I only have so much time. I'm going to throw all of it into this other thing, you know, more high 12 and right. everything, which is great. High 12, grotto. Him and his there. wife are killing it, man. You know, and that's fine. You know, sometimes I feel like Freemasonry takes a back seat sometimes because of this, because, oh, I got to edit this, or I got to do that. I mean, this is extracurricular. See, 
Freemason Freemasonry is already extracurricular. Well, yeah, no, it's the, an extra This is just just adds to yeah, it. Yeah, it's like we're so. playing an intramural kickball game. Then in like the break, we yeah. go do volleyball for funsies. Yeah, it's because we. You know, I was thinking more along the lines of Inception. We are layers and layers in when you're doing the podcast. Then, well, it's just you know, I, I do we this, just like talking about it. Sometimes. You know what's weird is I actually do this for fun. Yeah, I come here to do this for fun. I enjoy doing this podcast. I'm here for the spaghetti dinners. <laughs> I'm definitely stuffing my pockets full of meatballs. <laughs> Inside joke. Marty got Okay, it. I'll tell the story. Wait. So, um, <laughs> it was, uh, I don't think you were, were you, were you even a, were you an editor apprentice yet? Or what no, you? no. Okay, no, it was, that was you, and it was you and Nick Fulmer. Yeah, and Nick, yeah. God bless his heart, too. Um, I took you guys, uh, I told you guys, hey, you come meet me at the shrine. They're doing mm-hmm. that, like, family dinner thing, like oh, spaghetti yeah, yeah, meatballs yeah. and all that. And the whole time I was like, "Hey, man, it'd be really cool. You just stuck some meatballs in your pocket, walked out of here." And like, you guys like look on your face like, "Is he testing me? What's happening?" Oh I was no, like, I had this look on my face like, "Is he gonna think I'm weird if I do it?" Like, no, like I would have, I would have paid your petition <laughs> fee if you did. It. If you if you pulled your pants but with I didn't meatballs, know yet, you know, that's a good brother. I'm like, I like these pants, but they're they can be dry cleaned. I'm good. That's all right. <laughs> Is this part of the next degree ritual? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't remember seeing this in the catechism. Testing my devotion. You know, what actually? What's funny? The other thing, like besides empathy, that I have developed more, and uh, you you said I only developed this because I'm actually getting older, but I I think it's actually from this. Is I've I'm getting really psycho about cherishing the moment, and I've realized everything that doesn't seem important as it happens becomes a story in a year there's gonna become a time down the road where steve's like master of this lodge and i'm like i'm gonna try to stick those meatballs in your pants <laughs> and it sounds so stupid but it's like every minute like you get to do this stuff and you get to have no, these moments with people matter so little, much that little extra bond y- yeah you know, it's that and, little that those stories right you, you get those little stories mm-hmm. that bring you closer to your brothers yeah or just like those like weird moments where like the junior deacon goes to pass the senior deacon, the junior deacon forgets, and the senior deacon kind of giggles. Like I don't know, like all these little moments that don't seem important that we share as brothers are just becoming everything. And sometimes I'll just go back through my Facebook and just remember nights I visited this lodge or did that, and I man, dude, I don't know. I'm just I'm blown away. I'm empathetic. I'm just having the time of my life. I never look back at anything. I'm just like, oh yeah, I remember doing that. Great, whatever. <laughs> You should get in the greeting card business. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for your recent passing, but uh. yeah, Gre- greeting cards by Wes for the relatives you don't like. <laughs> I love doing gre- I-, I love doing the like getting a greeting card or, or some type of card for an event, and but getting something that's completely wrong for the event. Like my cousin's mm. wedding that just happened, I got her for her wedding card. I got her a bar mitzvah card. And the wording was perfect. I just crossed out bar mitzvah and put in your wedding. And it worked perfectly as a wedding card. That's awesome. Well, that's so awesome. There's a lot of people that believe that weddings and, you know, bar mitzvahs are pretty much the same thing. I don't know these people, but I'm sure they exist. I've your never next, heard that, but it sounds Your next card is going to be Talking about things that surprise me the most, the ridiculous conspiracy theories out there like when wedding cards and bar mitzvahs are one and the same. Oh, my God. Speaking of that, because didn't you just have, like, one a homie from, like, your past life just come up on you and some crazy stuff because you're a mason? We'll keep that out, but yeah. <laughs> no, buddy. That's a good story. It's still not as bad as the AI that... Never mind. All right. Mar- Marty's convinced AI is going to take over the world, and he was also convinced that our most recent uh, visitor 
uh, knocker at the door was an actual person that was AI. It doesn't help that that person also thought they were AI. You don't have to lean into the mics. <laughs> I know, but it's just like... I'm doing this for yeah, emphasis. Same, same, like, oh, God. Honestly, I think we should lean into the mics. No, yeah, but, okay. why aren't you leaned John into your Candy mic? and Roy Orbison over here leaning into the <laughs> You know what? I'll take that as a column because John Candy was a hero. But, uh, I mean, I guess to me and to, to that mom in Home Alone who was really a terrible mother. He was a great comic. Was that, was that the character's yeah. name? She no, is a saint. Name. Don't you dare. She left her kid at home twice. They should have called CPS. No, but uh, what were we just talking about? So, yeah, Steve met a conspiracy guy. Yeah, and to be honest, there's some guy who reached out to the lodge, and I was 99% sure it was an AI thing, and I even told everyone at the lodge the AI is attacking me. And then he showed up. And I'm still not, not convinced that was an AI. <laughs> yeah, did anybody, like, physically, it, wait, like, wait, 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 did him? this guy... Get a petition or anything? Not yet. No, no. he came through the grant. He came through. He okay. came. I'm going to have to cut this whole section out because when he joins, hey, now that you're a Mason, why don't you watch our podcast? And they're like, who's this AI We didn't guy? say any names. No. If he's he's going to know who he is. Yeah. If he's AI, oh, okay. he's going to know. Okay, if he knows he who he is. He already knows. This no, isn't no, even If he on knows who he is by listening to it, then he definitely is AI, and I was right the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> In which case, we're your biggest supporters. Yeah, no, I for one welcome our the alien The biggest thing that surprised me that AI would actually come to life and look for a petition. That's <laughs> actually kind of cool the way you said that. It's like AI just became sentient and like dethroned Elon Musk. And the first thing it's like, where's that Masonic Lodge? <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? AI, all right, here, I'm going to make a deal with AI today. AI, oh, that's my camera. AI. I'm here for Marty Quillis. <laughs> AI, I'm terrified of you. I think we're progressing too quick with this technology. I think we're playing around with ideas of sentience. However, if you promise to be on Masonry's good side the whole time and just look out for us and all of our pendant bodies and help us make our pancakes we sell to help the children. Skynet has become aware. Yeah, but if Skynet is aware, but it's also pro-Masonry, I will be cool with you. I will do a truce with the AI robots of the future that are coming. If you hold it down for Masonry... I will hold it down for you. Namaste, my computer friends. I'm lost. Oh, my. Well, what was this episode about? Exactly. What surprised you most? Or no, it was about Steve. Remember the episode name was Steve. Steve. <laughs> it's all about Steve. All right, let's jump back to uh, Marty. What do you say we jump back to Marty and the way you were talking about your emotional intelligence growing, become that yeah. you know much more empathetic person? And I will at least briefly mention that, yeah, I had somebody reach out to me who was plain and simple curious about masonry. Now, being new to masonry myself, there's so much that I don't know. But obviously wanting to spread that fraternal you know companionship, obviously you want to spread some information but keep it in simple terms that people can absolutely understand. Whereas a lot of people go off the rails and they watch History Channel or they watch the documentaries. <laughs> They're off the rails? Right. That's at least your, your beginners. Your beginners off the rails. Your beginners off the rails. Right. It sets no, you on you the path. You watch that Oak Island show. To, you to, to get Googling some stuff, right? And, and all you want to do is, is kind of grab them by the shoulders and shake them and say, there's so much here for you, but it starts with empathy it starts with understanding it starts with having a clean slate not I just going wanted into to it. be Nicolas Cage weird no but I agree with you and it, it's wild and the times are good and everything's positive and I hope you're a conspiracy friend 
calms down and actually hears us out in a positive manner. And then we could give him the empathy if the AI has not taken over. Invite him over for some hashed over crockpot food. I love it. Yeah, we got to have a hash over crockpot food. It's not really a Masonic gathering until the crockpot's out. Competition. Crockpotting competition. Ooh, not like mac and cheese. Crockpot off. Were you there at that stew cook-off? No. That was a, so the one tavern we hang out across street from the lodge, one time we wandered in there, they were having like a stew cook-off. It was like a chili cook-off, but for stew, it, it was bleak. And that is our episode. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have not figured it out, you are watching us on YouTube, Rumble, listening to us on iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, some other crap. And if you have a good stew recipe, you've got good chances here. Uh, don't you heard it from the new guy here, folks. <laughs> don't forget All right, everyone. Like uh, well, before we leave, we forgot shout-out and shots-out. Do we have a uh, shout-out we'd like to give anybody? Uh, well, since there's no shots right now, I think we should do a new segment called Chugs for Hugs. And I'm going to do a Chugs for Hugs for all my favorite people out there living, loving, and doing the masonry thing that are definitely not AI. And Steve. To all you that aren't AI. A chug for a hug, guys. Love you all. All right, everyone, thank you for watching. Um, you know what you're doing, so we will definitely be back with more in the future, I hope. Like and subscribe. Hit me up on AOL and some Messenger.